0: So today we're on the podcast we've got for you Firstly we'll be talking about um, a match preview for Fulham this weekend Obviously Craven Cottage this weekend Saturday 3pm we'll be talking you through A preview for the game and uh, what we think will happen um, against Fulham And then secondly we also have a segment on Everton's improving defence And what we put that down to as well Obviously five clean sheets in the last six games And we'll be talking that through And whether we think we can keep it up for the future as well
1: Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. As you may notice, I'm not Jerry. Jerry's, uh, Jerry's pulled the Michael Keane. He said he was feeling a bit unwell in the warm-up. And uh, Captain Reliable, Phil Jagielka, Tom over there, he stepped in. at the uh, You know, last 20 minutes, he stepped in and he's... Um, Filling the post,
0: how are you? i It's been a Not while. Too bad. Hopefully I'll have as good as performances Phil Jagielker on the weekend like. But yeah, nothing. Not too much of it. I've missed it to be honest. I haven't done a video like this for ages. I've done a few like with like with the um, the old guest and that. But I haven't been on with you for a while now. Missed no, it. No, it's
1: been in a been a while since the dynamic duo's been together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm happy back. Be yeah, I know, and it just so sort of, like the viewers don't know this, but I actually can't even see you right now. So I'm talking to like your little Skype, your little Skype. Oh. Um, Profile picture, but <laughs> we have too many problems. So first up, what we are covering? We are Everton at the weekend, Saturday. We've got Fulham away. It's the um, still no one's giving me an answer to when was the last time Everton beat London teams back to back to back. Obviously, this this time we've got it um, in. We've got the opportunity to make that four ta- four times on the bounce that we beat the team from the capital. Um, Everton have won their last three. Obviously, Fulham have lost their last three. Miserably, and Tom, it doesn't take a genius to tell you that. I know, and Evertonians will know from my season, it, it, you can't call a season where you go through three different managers good. You.
0: No, not at all. Uh, they're not really doing that well. And uh, Scott Parker's really—I suppose—if if they've got anything to fight for whatsoever, it's Scott Parker fighting for his future for next season, whether he's going to be kept on in the championship. But it doesn't look like they're fighting for anything at the moment. Um, since they've been relegated, they are like rolling over a little bit. Like even last week, they got beat four-one against Watford, and they're just looking like they're just kind of just taking it. And it's—it's it's unfortunate, mm. but. Um, that's what's happening and it's, it's not been a good season for them, obviously. They've um, obviously got gone straight back down to the championship. But got a few good players there as well. We were saying they've got like the likes of Mitrovic who has been interested in Everton apparently. And uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Sessegnon, come back to the Prem, we all thought he was gonna do really well, but he hasn't really sh- really shown what we expected of him. And, oh, I, um, it's
1: been it's been really weird though, isn't it? Because out of the um, out of the teams that were promoted from the championship last season, obviously, like the players the Fulham managed to attract, obviously there's that, you know, the um, the attraction of playing in the in the capital city being in and around London but like Andre Scheel, a World yeah. Cup winner, Luciano Vietto, who was really highly thought after in Spain. Uh, we were talking a bit about John John Michel City yeah. as well, who um who Barcelona were caught and he's he ended up taking the decision to go to, to Fulham. And I remember earlier on in the season, I think it might have even been the first game of the season, um I watched Fulham against Burnley. I think Fulham ended up winning 4-2. It just it was a really like f- like fascinating game. The um you know, those said players put on a real show. I think John Michelle City scored an absolute screamer too and that look you know, that set the tone for me. I remember um before we played the Goodison, I, I sat down with a lad from Fulham Focus who was like a um, a Fulham fan podcast and that. And he you know, he, he was he was quite optimistic in that they had you know, real quality players. And it just seemed like he was waiting on them to gel as a team. Um, obviously, that's that's not been the case, and it just kind of went south. They've ended up sacking Jokanovic in in November. I got Ranieri, and obviously that was almost like a you know a feel good story within football that he's found his way back into Premier League management. But he didn't seem to be able to to work his magic there. He sacked after one hundred and six days in the February, and obviously as you said, they've. Um, I know they took a punt on appointing a former player as manager in Scott Parker. I was I was a huge fan of Scott Parker when he was a player in just that kind of, you know, that tenacity, that grit, that you know, didn't stop running type of central midfielder. And I suppose that that, that you know, that leadership that he that he showed on the pitch, that you know, there was a there was a hope that, that could transfer to to the dressing room, almost similar to what happened at West Brom last season with them appointing Darren Moore obviously that hasn't worked out again similar to West Brom and they've been one of the two teams already confirmed relegated this season um, and as far as Everton's concerned this really should be a formality um, will it be a formality though because it's Everton we're talking about here like, the formula at the
0: moment I can't say any, Like we be in the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal we can't go to Fulham and lose That's that's like That'll just scratch all the good work we've done in the last few games. We've, we've built up this momentum. We're we're looking to look like it. We're starting to look like a really good side now. We're starting the squad togetherness and everything. And if we lose this, it's all going to be like, oh, well, well, that was just a that was just a bit of. A, bit of a fluke on it so like we've got to win this if we want that consistency so it's not it's, I wouldn't think of it as just oh it's one of them where we'll just win because like if we if, if we win this then people will think yeah Everton are a good side now but if we lose this I think oh they've obviously just had a good game against the big sides but th- this is our chance to properly push on now with the end of the season coming like we've obviously got to scrap the 7th place as well against two sides who are like what a point ahead of us and um, if Wofford last week as well can beat these 4 1, and we're fighting with them for seventh, if we can't get a result against these, that really says something for the fight for seventh place as well, I reckon.
1: I know, 100%. And, you know, as you mentioned, Wofford there, Leicester too. I think Leicester are the ones that are actually in seventh place at the minute. I think they've won the last four on the bounce um, under Brendan Rodgers now, who, after losing his first game, I think he's, you know, he's really had an influence over Leicester. Um, ju- just to back up your point, I was looking at the head to head, and, you know, if it was ever, ever more evident that Everton, you know, it should be a formality in the, in the last sixty-two in meeting, sixty-two meetings, Fulham have won nineteen, it's been thirteen draws, and Everton of one thirty, they've only beat us once in the last nine years, and that was two-one in two thousand and thirteen in the League Cup. As we know, we never really turn up in the League Cup anyway. Mm-hmm. But as as you were saying there, mate, like if we lose this or. If we, can't, if we slip off and have a poor performance and even if it's a point, that would just be, you know, those big wins against Chelsea, West Ham, Arsenal, all undone and, like, the the way, the way I even approached the question, like, it should be a formality but it's Everton. I remember, remember, in Martin as a fair season, obviously we beat Arsenal in what's, what, what looked to be a really decisive win in regard to getting that fourth place, finally getting Champions League, then we ended up Getting beat by Crystal Palace at all, you know, and we lost that, and the entire season kind of fell undone. Um, I know that it's not quite similar, you know, it's not as a, a bigger scenario because we, as you say, it's still only a battle for seventh place. Or we beat beat Fulham, that puts us onto Manchester United, and obviously that that, that keeps the momentum rolling uh, with what four games left to play, yeah. including Manchester United, so and I, I haven't talked to you about this, Tom, do you like, in, in, in regards to getting that seventh place. Do you think, or do you think it's... Because I personally think it's going to end up in, the, in, in, in either Watford or, or Leicester, looking more likely to be Leicester and than anyone else, but do you think we can get it?
0: Um, if we push on, like we have been, yeah, I think we're starting to look like a proper top side, beating these top teams, and hopefully be able to shove over the, the lower ones as well. So I think... We st- I, d- I still believe we're the, se- we're the seventh best team in the Prem when we're at our best and we are better than Leicester I reckon obviously they've strengthened quite well that Telemans look like quite a player to be fair as well as Jamie, yeah. Vardy, Jamie Vardy's hit form again obviously as well so um, but I do believe if we're playing like this like we have been the last few weeks we are the seventh best te- team in the Prem and if we've not le- if we've not left it too late to reclaim that spot then I still believe we can get it Yeah, but whether we want European football next season is also a question because obviously it messed up our league season um under Koeman last year and um. It kind of throws off the rails a little bit, and if we don't have it, maybe we can't properly focus on the league and push on. But it might prove a distraction. Do we have the st- squad depth for it at the moment? You, I, I, maybe we do, but like, it's a question of we want whether, whether we want European football as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And as I say, obviously, what? But is it now April. It, it's all about finishing the season strong, isn't it? Yeah. And. and Given given the players' confidence ahead of the new season, even if we don't achieve a European spot, it's you know keeping that momentum going. As we you know, we've already proved that we can beat the top sides. And after beating West Ham, I think that was our first win in London in our last ten attempts. Over you know, so that was like two years since we haven't won in London. So Saturday three o'clock, Everton I've got the chance to to do that again at, at Craven Cottage.
0: Fingers crossed, yeah. What, what do you think about predictions as well? Have you got any ideas?
1: Um. I mean, as I say, I think it should be a formality. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, continuing that type of performance as we showed against the Arsenal, and I'd like to see, you know, the same st- type of dominance as we display against West Ham going to go for 3 11 What about yourself?
0: Solid. Yeah, it's, it's a, be a decent win there. Obviously, they, they haven't got the strongest defence. It's been pretty inconsistent, but they have been playing like five at the back in recent weeks, but still, they play five at the back against Watford and still con- concede the four goals. So, um, I can't see them being that strong in the defence, really. They have made quite a few errors this season, probably possibly more than any other team. Um, so, I do think we'll have a way past them on the weekend, and probably go with a similar scoreline to you. I'm going to go 2-0, be a little bit less optimistic, but if I was putting a bet on it, I'd go with 2-0, yeah.
1: Nice, and it, it, you know, it's good to see that we're still keeping the confidence in our in our backline and goalkeeper, which is the, a segment that we're going to get onto to next.
0: Um, today we're going to be talking about the improvement in Everton's defence um, that we've seen in recent weeks, obviously it's been what five clean sheets in the last six, something like that. And um, We're looking really strong now and obviously with the change, the late change of the weekend as well, it didn't throw us off at all. Obviously, Phil Jagielka had to come in for the year, Michael Keane, and it didn't throw us off our game whatsoever. And Jagielka obviously scored what turned out to be the winner. And um, It seems we can't go wrong with defence at the moment. It seems, obviously, I think a major factor is Seamus Coleman playing back into form, but it seems we are... It doesn't matter if we swap things around at the back. We've had Yeri Mina in. We've had several different partnerships with uh, Kurt Zuma, um, Yeri Mina and Michael Keane and obviously Jagielka now as well and they all seem to be working, we're strong at the back whatever uh, combination we play obviously with the team playing as a form as well um, what, do you think, what do you think about it Max? How have we managed to get this consistency in defence even though we have played with diff- d- different partnerships?
1: Well it, it is really interesting isn't it because you said you, you know you, you examined the, the earlier part of the season and you'd say Everton's biggest downfall was was our defence in that we, you know, we we never seem to get to grips with zone or margin and we can see far too many silly goals. Um, I'd say, you know, obviously, I think a key a key part of our season everyone attributes is the 17 day gap. You know, after we were beaten, who were we beaten by was at Wofford We got beat one nil by Wofford Yeah, it really disappointing. Uh, at Vicarage Road, we had that big big um, you know big international break. Came back. Against Cardiff, albeit not the strongest of oppositions, but there seemed to be, you know, a, a new look, Everton, organised, forward thinking, and just to add on from what you were saying, obviously, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the defenders have been informed and they've certainly brushed up, but I'd attribute the, the overall defensive performance down to. The entire squad, like there seems to be, a, you know, a serious improvement in work ethic, an improvement in fitness because inconsistency was also a huge issue with Everton in that we never we could never seem to put together a strong ninety-minute performance. But you know, players are looking capable of of of, of managing a, a ninety to ninety-five minute performance without flagging towards the end, which is you know really beneficial in that we've kept, as you say, six, five clean sheets in our last like, six games now. And no matter who we seem to, to, to have in that defence, obviously we've been unfortunate with, we, you know, it looks like a long-term injury to Yerry Mina. We, we, we wait and see on him again. Uh, the illness, obviously, obviously, to Michael Keane. And has stepped in. And I think at any other point of the, of the season, obviously, you know, prior to that, that 3-0 win against Woff, um, Cardiff, sorry, we may have, we may have folded. Because I mean, we that one, you know, the obviously I said five clean sheets in our last six. That one game where we where we did concede, obviously, was that that three two capitulation again against Newcastle, where we conceded two goals, um, three goals later on in the game, where we just seemed to fold. Like I, I believe bringing Jagielka in at any other point of that uh, of the season, we might have folded there against Arsenal, but because. You know, Pickford's been playing well. The rest of the defense have been playing well. Jagielka stepped in, and he was confident. And I think that that you know that breeds confidence for the rest of the team. Uh, everyone, you know, is, is speaking really highly of the midfielders too. So, Adrisa Gay, we all know what he's like. He, I, I haven't checked in a while, but it, you know, he, he's more or less always within the top two or three players in terms of tackles and ground ground cover in the league. Um, Andre Gomez too. He's he's really been putting a shift in defensively. Um, Rich Allison, I feel like, is one that has gone under the radar, and you can attribute a lot of his work to Coleman's improvement too. I feel like they've conjured up a, a real good partnership down that right hand side in terms of defensively and Bernard too. So it you know it, it's great to see it as the in particular these new signings. They've seen to burden the defensive responsibility because it's you know. Obviously, we got Fulham at the weekend. You juxtapose that to Fulham, some of their new new signings, like you said, Tom. Some of them, it, you know, they're just conceding goals at will sometimes and it doesn't look like they, you know, their players have really got to grips with the Premier League and that that physical demand of your game that it doesn't seem to be there. But it looks like it's, it, it's, you know, slowly but surely developed within this Everton side and I think I'll, I'll end what, what I'm saying with... How long do you reckon we can continue this run a clean sheet?
0: Um, as long as we keep defending as a team, as you say, literally, that's... that's we're saying the defence has improved, but I it's it's more than that really it's the midfielders helping out the defenders and we're defending as a team and attacking as a team and rather than oh, like the back four and Pickford oh, they they're keeping the clean sheets it is the midfielders as well like you were saying but now getting back he's tenacious like he may be small but he, he puts himself around he, he sprints back and he um, puts himself into a challenge like he's a little aggressive lad and he like and you've mm. got like and obviously as well he's aggressive as well he gets back uh, fast covers Coleman when he needs to and just the protection from uh, Andre Gomez as well as uh, and and Gay. Uh, I think um, Gomez covered something mad, like seven or eight miles the weekend, and um, he just like he just covered. I've noticed he covers uh, the, the fullbacks quite a bit if the if the fullbacks are getting up. Andre Gomez mm-hmm. will drop in either side and um, be able to cover them wherever the threat's coming from, and um, that's a big part of his game defensively as well as what he can do going forward. But. Ghana as well, just breaking off the play consistently. Like he's come back, to, I think he's on top of his game at the moment. I think he's playing really well. Obviously, he had a bit of a blip in January when his his eye got taken off the ball a little bit with the with the move to PSG being being in the offing. But um, he's really got his eye back on the ball, and um, he's he, it's just defending as a team. It's not just the defence; it's really the midfielders as well, and um, even the press from the front as well because we are pressing really well. I've noticed part of the upturn in, in form is down to our press that we just seem to have. We just started yeah. doing recently, I think, um, pressing from the front like calvin Lewin's getting involved as well, and Sigurdsson running at people um, further up the pitch than they have been doing. So um, the high pressure's been part of the um, why we've been keeping clean sheets as well, I think. So it's literally, it's not just the defence, it's the whole team, and that's what you can attribute it to. So I, I, I do think it can uh, if we carry on playing like this, it can carry on for quite a while. Um, hopefully, it's Fulham, but uh, do you think we can keep a clean sheet against uh, Man United next week?
1: That that's that's an interesting one. Obviously they they played Barca I di- I didn't watch them against Barca Did you watch the the Barca Man U game last night? Yeah, I watched that. They
0: didn't have a shot in Saga
1: All game. They, Oh, that makes it interesting <laughs> yeah. then. I mean, I, I know I must I must say in that way Barcelona or anything, but that that does make it interesting that they're going gonna go through a blip of form where they're not they're not creating chances. Fingers crossed, but I don't know coming up against Lukaku, mate. <laughs> I, can, I I can, that that that's got headlines written already, hasn't it? Yeah. But you know just an, an interesting point that you opened up there which I feel like you know I feel like it's it's going in the right direction this this new pressing game that seemed to have emerged that that we seem to have adopted uh, as I mentioned earlier I think a, a huge part of that's down to our fitness um improvements over the last couple of months but obviously I think in modern football you've got two to overarching dominant philosophies. You've got, you know, the Gegenpressing, pressing as as Mr. Jürgen Klopp likes to refer him to it, which is that pressing from the front, which are, you know one of the finest one of the finest sides that I've ever saw emulate that was his Dortmund teams around 2012, 2013. And on the flip side to that you've got Tiki Taka, Pep Guardiola, um which I think he has had to, to Alter slightly in adapting to the Premier League, but obviously we've seen it last season with how dominant Manchester City were, and you know they are getting on really well this season despite Liverpool playing as well as they are. Which of the two philosophies would you rather see Everton adopt in the medium to long term future?
0: It's interesting because they're the two that are battling out at to the top really, isn't it? You've got Pep Guardiola's like Tiki Taka kind of thing, and you've got up against. Jurgen Klopp's Kagan press and they're, they're the two massive forces battling out in the Prem so which one do you go with out to them two which one suits us more as a team as well um, and I'm, I'm going with the press at the moment because I'm watching this press in recent weeks and that's 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 been a massive part as we've said in our upturn in form I think this new press so I think I'd rather go with that because we've seen at times that some of our players like, when they're on the best run of form couldn't string a few passes together so to, to play tiki Taka, you've got, you've got to have the quality, you've got to have people who can instantly know where everyone is around them and just, just literally just like, like absolute genius, like you've got to, you've got to work on that for ages, you've got to sign specific players like Barca have, and and um, I don't think Everton have that to be honest, so I'd, I'd go with the press myself with Jim.
1: Yeah, and just on that, like yeah, 100%, like I think with tiki-taka, you, the, there is a preference to technical ability over physical ability like, it doesn't necessarily matter if you can play, if you you know, if you can run your socks off for 90 minutes. Like, for example, prime example, Barcelona 2011, Xavi, Iniesta, they're, they're not going to bust the gut for, for 90 minutes. Obviously, they're not playing in the, in, in the Premier League and there's not as much of a physical demand, which is probably why that philosophy is more predominant throughout Spain, La Liga. But, you shift that and I think it I think it, it comes full circle to the point that the Premier League is just kind of different. Um you've seen Sari struggle to adu- struggle to adapt the, the tiki taka style which obviously it's highly dependent on that, 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 that pivot in the midfield. He's tried to do it with Jorginho, that's not really happened and I, I don't think Everton like you say Tom, I don't think Everton have the, the, the characteristics or, or a player with the characteristics of a of a of a pivot. Um, so yeah, I'd 100. I'd and as you say, if it's working for us, I'd, I'd prefer us to adopt the press. That might change going forward. Obviously, I think one of the, our player who embodies that that you know relentless, dogged press is Gay. As you say, obviously as I've by the interest shown by PSG, and I think the identity the identity that Everton Football Club adopt going forward it may hinge on on whether Gay goes in the summer because if he goes obviously we are going to have to look into the transfer market for a replacement but it's highly unlikely that we're going to replace him with you know obviously we've got no european football well we've got no champions league or definite europa league to offer to to anyone so i don't think we're going to attra- attract a high top top level player um, that can press like him like a like a rabiot or, or, um, the you know the the t- top level players that emulate that press, th- they demand European football, and maybe Marco Silva's going to adopt the, you know, a tiki taka, more technical side, but I don't know. As you say, it's it's what works. It's what works for us at the minute, and and with, with, with some of the players that we've got it, it seems like they, they, they're adapting significantly well too. How do you, how do you think Gilfie Sigurdsson has, has come on recently, in, in, in obviously since we've adopted the press, Tom? Because I've seen a, a lot of, of social media, Twitter in particular, um, you know, sometimes they're on his back, but in this in this good term in this good turn of form, obviously what, what is it, thirteen league goal not league goals, I think it's like twelve league goals, but thirteen all season. Yeah. So he's he's you know he's got an infl- he's got an influence in terms of turning in numbers for goals and assists, and he's I think he's been involved in more players in, in more goals than any other player since he's joined the club. What do, do you think uh, what what do you make of his current turn and performance?
0: Um he always covers a lot of ground he does a lot of running for the team that's always been part of his, his game I think <coughs> in his last his, it's well known that in his last season at Swansea he covered the most ground than any other player in the Premier League and um, he's continued that to be fair he's, he, he he still does a lot of running he's still a similar player than he was in terms of work rate but on the ball sometimes he does go missing quite a bit even even in recent weeks when we've been playing really well like I'd say was it the first half against Arsenal um, he was a bit quiet he got he got more chances in the second half and he took a few um, decent chances but uh, he wasn't able to take them obviously but he had to go mm-hmm. but um, he, he has gone missing at times even in recent weeks when we have been playing well um, I'm not sure if it's because he's obviously work rate right off the ball he's, he's running around and he's struggling to get back but like into position for the attack but he, he does go missing a little bit um, on the ball yeah. so he's not like one of if you're talking about our informed players at the moment, our best like on the top of the game, I'd say like the likes of Bernard, like Calvert Lewin's playing best, better than we've seen him. Um, Luca Dean obviously having a great season. Seamus Coleman's come back into form. But in terms of our informed players, I wouldn't put Gelfi up there at the moment. To be honest, with you?
1: And um, I mean, I, I think I think he's he's benefit he's benefited now from having Calvert Lewin, and I think Calvert Lewin's possibly you know obviously you'd Calvert Lewin as, if not our top informed player at the minute. And I think Gilfy Sigurdsson, Sigurdsson's maybe just been passed by, in in that you know, if, if you if you have a healthy um, on the field relationship between a, between an attacking midfielder and a striker, the attacking midfielder probably shouldn't be taken as much praise, and uh, maybe that's the way you want it in, t- in terms of o- on paper results, because it should be your centre forward that should be turning in. In terms of goals and, and and you know getting the accolades in terms of player performances, obviously Calvert-Lewin hasn't been hasn't got as many goals as Sigurdsson this season. But as you say, in terms of Sigurdsson's work off the ball, I was I've I've, I've been a, a massive fan of Sigurdsson since he came to Everton. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, and some people brandish him as a luxury player. Uh, my my biggest criticism of him up until I'd say our decent turning form. Is that on the press? Although he covers a lot of ground, he maybe is not as assertive with putting the foot in and intercepting that ball high up the field. But I mean, he always seems, as you say, he always seemed to be that one leading the line, did not he? In terms of being the first one to press, being first to the ball. As I said, maybe not always getting the foot in, but it looks like the likes of the you know it looks like the players around them, such as Richarlison, such as Bernard and calvert Lewin of seeing just how influential taking that pre- the, you know that high press and just how that can ch- the, how, how that can change games for you um, obviously it, it, it pins pins the opposition back and you know with by it, by all accounts forever, and it, it, it's limited chances in terms of the opposition maybe that, that, that benefits of the there because how many times for example last season and earlier on even in this season have we said oh, Jordan Pickford just being exposed to far too many shots but you know you look what was it 23 shots against Arsenal um, how many shots were it against West Ham it was double digits again yeah, I'm sure I think it was something like 13 it, that, you know that's literally defending from the front as you say Um we spoke about the, about the defence and, you know, how that's, you know, that, that's certainly give them confidence. But, reg- you know, and regardless of the centre-back partnerships, the um, the confidence is there and we seem, you know, we seem, you know, we him convicted in, in what we're doing and, and sure of ourselves, which it's been a, been a long time since we've seen that from an Everton side. Going forward, you um, I know, obviously, it's kind of up in the air about whether whether or not Kurt and is going to going to you know be an Everton player next season. Do you, is it what's this centre back partnership going forward, Tom? Is it is it Michael Keane and Yerry Mina, or you know would you pay would, would you go all out to try and get Zuma?
0: It's a shame not to see him um, Mina in the team because obviously he's, we've we've always wanted to see him. He's a, he's a great character and he's a good player as well. And um, when he keeps his head he can't lose his head at times but when he keeps his head he's, he's a really solid player and great in the air as well but he's obviously come with his problems in terms of injuries and he's, he's been out quite a bit and I think that might be one of the reasons why Manchester United didn't go as strongly in for him as we did um, in, because of his injury history and he might have a weakness in there so I think we do need another really strong centre back if we are going to keep Zuma uh, in there in terms of one of our main centre backs we do need another main centre back like Zuma. and um, it's a shame that he's keeping him out of the team but he is um, he can get injured quite easily I mean which is a shame but um, yeah obviously I'd like to see a sign Kate Tumor going forward but with the transfer ban being placed on Chelsea it'll make them a little bit more expensive maybe and because they want to keep them um, I'm, I'm not sure how that'll affect things because they have got strength at centre-back to be fair they've got players who, um, who won out of the team though like because they aren't getting enough opportunities the likes of Gary Cahill and, um, and Andreas Christensen so I'm not sure how that'll affect them but I'd love to see a side get to me because those three to choose from as well as Jagielka, it's it's a luxury to choose from really isn't it because I'd like to see um Jagielka as well just just as a final thing as well um, I was thinking to touch on obviously Jack has just had a great performance um, coming in last minute and scoring do you want him to kept on next season?
1: <sighs> See this I, I've noticed that this question's kind of thrown itself back up just obviously since that performance but uh, I don't I don't mean to be over, over, overly critical when I say this but just in the medium to long term future of the club, I don't think it's in the best interest. Um, I'd, 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 I'd what is you know he was the he was the first thirty six year old to score in the Premier League this season. Like, yeah, he's been a he's been an absolutely fantastic player for Everton over the years. What is it like 11, 12 years since since he's been here and you know he's been you know he's been a. A fine example of a of a professional footballer, hence why he's been our captain after um, after Phil Neville left. But you know you've got Mason Holgate coming back, and for me, you know that in terms of you you know you, you slot the centre back I'd, I'd place Mason Holgate, above Phil Jagielka in, in the pecking and all that. Would would I let him go? I'm not. am not a hundred percent sure on that. I, I've, I think he's a. Either you know he's a, he's a. hugely influential player to have in, in and around the dressing room. I, I've seen it firsthand. You know he's a. He's a top top pro to have in there in terms of how he keeps the mood. How how he keeps the moods high and, he, you know, he's he's a senior figure and you do need those, in your um, in your dressing room. However. As I said, in terms of the medium to long term future, I just I don't think that's wise. Uh, I think uh, another senior figure in the dressing room, Seamus Coleman. I think Seamus Coleman's more or less assumed that position as the as the captain of the team, whether you know whether or not that whether or not he actually has the armband on. But um, yeah, I think I think going forward, maybe we've got to, yeah. we've we've got to look to the future. Um, the, it's not, I, I don't think we're signing anyone like Matthias De Ligt any, any time soon but as I said Mason Holgate and keeping that eye on the future is what what's better for the club
0: Yeah he's probably as as much as we love him he might be blocking uh, the pathway for the younger players to come in and that's the last thing he wants I'm sure himself Are they to see us losing though so I really do hope he stays on as a coach if anything next season um, just to be there help the dressing room because he really is a character that we could uh, we would could do with keeping to be honest so I'm hoping he stays on as part of the coaching staff anyway but yeah proper good everything to talk there um, so I hope you enjoyed the segment uh, give us a like comment and subscribe to the Toffee Blues channel and of course check us out on social media we've got our tags here um, have a look on the work we're doing we're doing a few articles um, between us on the Toffee Blues website which has recently been updated So go and have a look um, Max has been doing the match reports and I've been doing the uh, the uh, I did the player ratings last week in the loan report as well so have a look at those and, um, and the stuff we're doing ourselves as well so have a look so Thanks a lot for watching, I hope you enjoyed, and I may join us next time on the Toffee Blues.